In a city like New York, pizza is not hard to come by. But over the past decade, two cousins have been making a big name for themselves in the competitive pizza scene here. Francis Garcia and Sal Basili are pretty much building a pizza empire one slice at a time. The cousins left the family business on Staten Island to open their own pizza shop in Manhattan in 2008. Since establishing Artichoke Basili Pizza in a tiny space in the East Village, Garcia and Basili have opened 13 other eateries, and they continue to expand. Hi, I'm George Boldarki, and this is Cityscape. Garcia and Basili literally grew up in the restaurant industry. From their great-grandparents down, family members have owned everything from sandwich shops to bakeries to restaurants and pizzerias. The charismatic cousins have not only kept that tradition alive, they've taken it several steps further. They're now franchising, and they've even starred in TV shows, one appropriately called Pizza Cuz. I recently caught up with Garcia and Basili at Artichoke Pizza on 10th Avenue in Manhattan. We ate a slice, and then we slipped next door to their specialty coffee shop, Frankie Portugal, where we sat down for a chat. My name is Francis Garcia, and I'm partners with my cousin Sal, and we own Artichoke Pizza. My name is Salvatore Basili, and I'm partners with my cousin Fran in Artichoke Pizza. So when did you two decide to go into business together? Uh, you know, we grew up together working in the restaurant business since we were little kids. My mom bought his mom's restaurant, you know. We just always worked together behind the counter. When we were young, we worked there with our grandparents and stuff, and it was something we always talked about. When we got older, either we were going to have our parents' restaurant or we were going to do our own restaurant, you know. But, you know, as we got a little bit older, we decided we wanted to be in Manhattan versus Staten Island and, you know, the restaurants that we had out there in New Jersey. And uh, that's when we decided to, you know, do something in Manhattan together. And how long ago was that? It started in 1988. Uh, our family had a restaurant together at Basili's and Forest Avenue, but we had many more before that. Like, Well, yeah, I mean, our, our great-grandparents were in the restaurant business. We're fourth generation, but we opened the first artichoke in 08. We started building it in 07. So how did the family take to you guys saying, you know what, we're going out on our own? I I tell this story all the time. My mother used to say, there's a pizzeria around every corner. They're going to chew you up and spit you out. The rents are too high. Save your money. Stay here. Take over my restaurant. You're going to college, kid. (laughs) But that wasn't in the plans. College was added a question. You know, I mean, she still didn't want us to leave, of course, the nest, you know. And uh, I just said, my, there's so many more people in Manhattan. They're like ants. They're everywhere. What are we, nuts over here in Staten Island? And, uh, you know, fought with a tooth and nail and, you know. So that first shop you opened on Manhattan's east side, right? The East Village, is that right? 14th between 1st and 2nd Avenue was the first store. It was less than 400 square feet. I took my friend to get LASIK surgery at New York Iron Air next door. And there was a guy hanging the sign in the window, store for rent. It was a singular cell phone store. And I literally pulled the car up while he was putting the scotch tape on the sign. So I figured it was, it was meant to be. And I went in there and I said, can I put pizza in here? He goes, I don't know, it's a little small. He goes, but maybe you could probably pop out the back and put a vent. And I started knocking on the drywall and listening to how much space we got. He, he and, called uh, me and we went out there with the clicker. We, uh, we started counting how many people were out there. And, and we said, wow, there's a lot of people. If we can get this pizza in everybody's mouth, then we'll be doing all right. How many shops do you have now? Uh, we have uh, 14. 14. 14, not just in New York either, right? Yeah, we have them in uh, California. We got them in Miami. And uh, soon we'll have them in New Jersey. And, uh, yeah. What does the family think of you guys now? 
We're local celebrities in our own family. <laughs> you know, of course, they're very proud of, you know, all the accomplishments and everything. And, uh, yeah, they have, of course, they're, they're ecstatic. They're very happy. Does the family still have its own restaurant on Staten Island? Not in Staten Island, but Sal's mom has one in New Jersey. And uh, my cousin Dominic and my brother, they have one in New Jersey also. But no more in Staten Island as of yet. But we're going we're gonna to be home in Staten Island soon. We'll have another one in Staten Island. Meaning you're opening an artichoke on Staten Island. Yes. Absolutely. So let's talk about the name artichoke pizza that is specific to a type of pizza, right? So, you know, when we opened back in 2008, you know, I, the, the artichoke pizza is our biggest seller. And I wanted a name to identify, of course, with the product. And we didn't want to be another, you know, uh, Sal's, right? Or, or, hey, what's or, wrong with Sal's, huh? There's nothing wrong with it, you know, but I mean, it's, it's, it's a common name. Or Joe's friends, or Joe's, huh? you know? How about so, Sal and friends? So, so we came up with the name Artichoke. Uh, it was very catchy, and it, and, it, and it stuck, and, you know, and that was it. So, of course, artichoke is on an artichoke pizza. What else is on an artichoke pizza? There's mozzarella, there's spinach, there's, there's cream, there's butter, there's wine. There's all kinds of stuff. A lot in there. of love in that pie there. That's right. Whose recipe is that? It's, I started making it in my mother's restaurant back in 2000 and probably early 2007, and it was such a big hit, that's why I wanted to bring it to Manhattan, because what I would do is the tables that came in, if it was like a four top, I would take a little, like a half a slice, cut it into four little pieces, and give it to them to try. And they would order it on the spot, they would come back the next day and just order that, you know, and, and it just, it, it got so popular. So I told my mom, I says, Mom, Manhattan, I could give it to more people in a week than I can in Staten Island in six months. So that's why we went to go look for a hole in the wall, something we could afford, you know. I mean, the rents are sky high, like my mom said, in Manhattan. But that's why we found something the size of a closet, stuck ovens in it, and got to work. How different is each one of your shops? Each one of our pizzerias? Yeah. Well, some have full bars. Some of them just serve beer and wine. Some of them are just quick service. You know, we have models that range from an airport model to a full-service, you know, sit-down restaurant model. We're trying to keep it as simple as possible because we grew up in the full-scale restaurant business. So when we opened up, we wanted, we wanted to simplify things for ourselves. How different is the pizza? Does the menu change drastically from one shop no, to the next? No, the, the, the pizza is identical. It's just the, the footprint, you know, the size is different, and some of them have a full bar and some of them don't. So artichoke just totally an experimentation, would you say? The type of pizza that you created there? Was it an experimentation? No. You know, I mean, it, you know, constantly we're always coming up with new recipes and, you know, trying to make the best pizza we possibly can. You know, we've I always make great pizza throughout our lives. My father's a pizza man, his, his brother's, so, I mean, it's always been in the business. But the artichoke pie definitely is, is unique in, you know, what we do. Did your family do more than just a regular slice? Yeah, no, the, the family restaurants had, you know, probably a hundred things on the menu. There were appetizers, entrees, steak, lobster, you name it. But in terms of the pizza, did they go as far as doing like an artichoke? No, the, the menu was much different. You know, we didn't have the artichoke pizza on the menu. It was more of a traditional menu. I mean, we had things like broccoli rob pie. We had the clam pie we were making forever. But the actual artichoke pizza, we didn't make. You have a crab pie, too, don't you? We do. We have a crab pie. It's actually made with surimi, which is imitation crab meat, because if it was real crab meat, we wouldn't be able to sell it because it's so damn expensive. But uh, it's outrageous. It's delicious. What was it like to grow up in the restaurant business on Staten Island, Sal? We actually, I mean, like 
I lived in the restaurant <laughs> practically. You know, I come home from school. We had an apartment upstairs, and uh, my parents would take me to work with them. You know, we had my grandmother who did the lunch shift. My my grandfather opened up in the morning, and uh, you know, my mom cooked at night. My dad made the pizza. His mom worked in the restaurant. Sisters, brothers, it was amazing. It's a part of uh, it's part of our history. You know, I miss it actually, and I wish I can go back to those days. We learned so much, you know, and. Uh, yeah, a family's big and important to us. What was it like for you, Francis? Uh, well, geez, let me see. Where could I start? You know, I, I, when I was uh, 16 years old, I was like 4,000 pounds. Seriously, you know, I mean, it's, it's just a lot of food. It's a lot of eating, um, you know, but, but I mean, I wouldn't trade it for the world. Um, you know, food is just a huge part of our lives, you know, whether it be in the restaurant or home, everything revolved around food. When we were good, we got rewarded with food. When we were bad, we got punished with no food. Yeah. Uh, you if know, you don't finish your plate, you're going to wear it. I remember exactly. hearing that before. Yeah, if you don't like it, you're going to wear it, you know. Um, so, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a very big part of our lives. You know, just, you know, it's in our DNA. You know, it's, it's, it's pretty much the only thing we know. What was among your favorite food when you grew up? Oh, spaghetti and meatballs, uh, chicken Jeez, parmesan. Spaghetti and meatballs, yeah. how cliche. Jeez, yeah. Sal, spaghetti and meatballs. Yeah. Yeah, but you know something? Meatballs, what? I mean, he's not wrong. I mean, on Sunday, you know, our, our mothers would be rolling meatballs downstairs in a frying pan, and before they made it to the sauce, we'd be eating them. I mean, they were so good before they hit the sauce. Dip it in the grated cheese? Yeah, oh, forget and, and about it. And then they were so good after the sauce because they cooked again, and they got all soft and mushy and a little bit of grated cheese. And on Monday, we ran out of Italian bread. We ate them on Wonder Bread. Yeah. We did Meatball Madness, right, for Food Network one year. And I called it Monday Meatball Sandwiches. I got Wonder Bread to come down and sponsor it before they went belly up. And they gave us all this Wonder Bread for free. We eat sandwiches. Forget about it for months after that. But we had the longest line. We lost because I don't know who beat us. The fix was in. The The fix fix was was in. in. Yeah, but our meatball sandwiches on Wonder Bread are to die for. The Wonder Bread's a little sweet. It gets all soft from the sauce with the grated cheese. No mozzarella, just grated cheese. Cut the meatballs thin just right, you know. Just right. Sauce on it with a little basil. Oh, but uh, I mean, yeah. So yeah, I guess spaghetti and meatballs. You got a point there, cuz I I was gonna say pizza. I mean, I always, you know, just we just love pizza. Uh, you know, uh, spinach rolls, too. I mean, when I was a little kid bringing spinach, ro- spinach rolls home, you know, a little fat kid, i put a spinach roll in my pocket and take it upstairs and hide it from everybody else. And it's my spinach roll. That's right. <laughs> anyway. What makes for a good pizza? What makes for a good pizza is usually the guy making it, you know. Yeah. And, and, of course, it's the ingredients. You know, you have to use... Distribution between the ingredients. You right. know, put on the right amount of sauce and cheese. Yeah, and, and, and also cooking it all the way through. A lot of people today, they don't cook the pizza. You know, and, and, and I love all types of pizza, but me personally, my preference is a pizza that's cooked thoroughly from the bottom through the top. The whole thing has got to be cooked. I like to hold it up and it stands straight up, uh, and I like to, you know, that's, that's my favorite way to eat pizza. Yeah, I don't like eating a, a mushada pizza. That means, uh, you know, mush. mush, mushy. Well, how do you like your pasta? Do you like your pasta al dente? A little al dente sometimes. Sometimes I like a mushada too, you know. It depends. Sometimes I like it with the next day. You put it in the frying pan with a little oil. You crisp it up. Nice. Nice. Yeah, burn it up. Nice. Delicious. Grated cheese on top. Oh, boy. You have one restaurant that serves Detroit-style pizza, correct, Francis? correct, yeah. So it's called Lions and Tigers and Squares. Detroit Lions, Detroit Tigers, Detroit Square Pizza. And, of course, the Wizard of Oz, Lions and Tigers and Bears. Um... 
So, you know, at Lions and Tigers and Squares, it's a totally different product from what we sell at Artichoke. When me and Sal were doing our first season of our show, it was called Pizza Cuz at the time. We did a place called Buddies in Detroit. We fell in love with the story, you know, and the, you know, the, 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 the way the Detroit-style pizza came about. There's Italian people, they were in Detroit, and uh, the guy, his wife ran a bar, and she wanted to add pizza. He worked in the factory for Chrysler. They probably went out there when Lee Iacocca turned the company around. I don't know where the hell they came from or how they got out there, but they got out there. And uh, he took the pans home from work, and she started making the pizza in the pans. And, it, and the pan, the metal that they used for the pan, you know, it's something with the, the you know, it, it conducted to the heat, like, super fast, and it got hot real fast, and it created, like, a almost like a souffle effect with the dough. And they couldn't get the same pizza cheese we got over here, the mozzarella, the palio. They could only get cheddar cheese, so they improvised, and they made it with cheddar cheese, and it wound up being this delicious friggin' thing. And the way they do it is after it came out of the oven with the cheddar cheese, they ladled the sauce on hot, which we thought was brilliant. So, you know, being in the full-scale restaurant business and then the slice shop business, I wanted to take that and turn it into a fast, casual, quick-service concept, and that's what Lions and Tigers and Squares is. And it feels like that when you go in. It feels like, uh, it feels like Detroit when you're in there, you know? Yeah, we've, we've, nice been, to, we've been. We spent some, a good couple of weeks out there. Got you some know, on and on. good music playing. We got some great pitches on the wall. <laughs> it's, 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 a, it's an awesome feel when you're in there. Francis, you mentioned polio. Did you guys grow up on polio? I mean, if you weren't using polio, you know, you were doing it wrong. You know, polio, polio, polio. I mean, all the great places use polio. And to this day, it's still my favorite pizza cheese. Nothing has the butter fat like polio. Nothing burns like polio. It looks beautifully. Nothing tastes like polio. I don't like when pizza cheese gets hot and you chew it and it feels like you're chewing a mouthful of bubble gum, you know. The polio breaks down. It's just, you know, whatever recipe they have, they've been doing it right all these years. They make it in New York State, polio. It's right here. That being said, is it blasphemy? among some people in your circles to do cheddar? You know what? I don't care what they say. It's friggin' delicious. You know, you got to see the grease that comes out of cheddar. You ever melt cheddar cheese? Sure, yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's an insane the amount of butter fat that's in there. So, I mean, it really works wonders with the dough. It texturizes it. It flavors it. We right. never thought to do it either until going to Buddy's in Detroit. You We're know? always so. trying new things with pizza. I mean, it's a, yeah. pizza's like literally a blank canvas, you yeah. know, where you can... You definitely try anything you, you know, want. Growing up, you heard a lot of places back in the day, they used to use Munster cheese, Prevalone cheese. They would mix in there with the pizza cheese. Uh, but I'd never heard of anybody putting cheddar cheese. But it's a big Midwest thing, you know. So. Our great-grandfather had a bakery, and he would cook the pizza in the bakery for lunchtime in the Sicilian pans, you know. Yeah. So I mean, And they say that that's where, like, even before places like, you know, Papa's Tomato Pies in Trenton and places like uh, Lombardi's, before that, pizza was really born in Italian bakeries. People would make them in, you know, in the sheet pans, the cake pans, and serve it at lunchtime. And that's how, you know, I don't know if it was because he was always drinking, my great-grandfather, or because he just liked to eat it burnt. But whatever he did, you know, it was phenomenal. So was it your great-granddad that first opened the restaurant on Staten Island? No, it was actually in downtown Brooklyn on uh, Court Street. It was called Mona Lisa Bakery. And uh, there's, there's a picture of him hanging in Court Pastry, you know, down in Red Hook. Today they call it Carroll Gardens. But when we were growing up, it was the Hook, Red Hook. When we were growing up, like my father, my mother, what they would say if they were going to Manhattan, they didn't say. They called it New York because Brooklyn was its own city. Granted, it was before they were kids, but their parents called it, oh, I'm going to New York. I got to go to New York. I'm going to Manhattan. So my whole life thinking, I didn't know I lived in New York City growing up. I mean, I, I was born in Brooklyn, but I grew up in Staten Island. 
So, I mean, of course, I know it's one of the five boroughs, but still, I mean, it never felt like, you know, like Manhattan, of course. But, uh, yeah. Sal, how about you? Did you feel like you were in New York growing up there? Well, I grew up in Staten Island, born in Staten Island, and I grew up half my life out in New Jersey. Yeah. So did New York seem like a faraway place? Oh, Manhattan yeah. seemed was, like a faraway yeah, place? It was definitely far from me when I was living. I was in the woods. <laughs> we, we, we were bridge and tunnel, you know? When we would come to the city to party, you know? And that's when I discovered that the pizza wasn't very good, you know? Aside from a couple of places, when you, when you said, hey, wait a second, what's the best pizza in Manhattan? You'd have to really scratch your head, you know? I mean, aside from, like, a guy like Joe's, you know, I mean, granted, there are places today that are phenomenal, but back in 08, when we opened Artichoke, I mean, you can count on one hand how many were here. And, I'm, you know, and listen, all pizza's good, you know? All pizza's good, but... You know, growing up in Staten Island, the pizza was so good, you know, and I was like, why, do, why isn't there great pizza in Manhattan? You know, the, 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 the heartbeat of the world, you know, I mean, this is supposed to be the pizza capital of America and maybe even the world, aside from, I don't know, Italy, but, uh, you know, I mean, pizza it... Pizza Town it, was my spot in Staten Island. I yeah, love that place. Pizza yeah. Town? Oh, yeah. Still around? And arrows down the road. What? It, clo- it closed about three, four weeks ago. Oh, well. Literally, it was an institution. It was in the movie Easy Money. Uh, the you know, place they, looked like a, cir- like a circus Well, tent. that's what it was, because years ago, before it was Pizza Town, it was called Pizza Clown. And it, was, it had a, a, you know, a, a miniature golf, and it was a circus theme and whatever. And the guy looked like Uncle Sam on the sign, and all they did was change it from town to clown. Alphonse was the pizza guy. My that's cousin right. Sal worked there. It was a phenomenal yeah, place a to go. A lot of family guys worked there. They, you went in there, and they knew your name. Right now, we're sitting in our coffee shop, Frankie Portugal, which is my dad's picture on the sign and all these people are trying to come in and get pistachios nada so if you're in new york and you know what pistachios nada is it's delicious it's a portuguese it? custard tart it's outrageous it's like a little bit of flan inside of a, a croissant it's, it's it's totally outrageous and portuguese coffee they're dangerous come on they go down. down the pipes real easy they're like m&ms you could pop them right in but you know you got to be careful because your stomach will get you in trouble my grandfather used to tell us what was your great-grandfather's history? How did he become a restaurateur in the first place? My great-grandfather was a painter. We have a painting in every location of the Kennedys, the three brothers, and he painted that. He was an eccentric guy, you know. I mean, he loved to paint and he loved to bake. You know, he came from a, a, a town in Italy where they fished, yes, right? right? And uh, he came here. He opened his pastry shop. I don't know how old he was when he came here. I, I'm on Ancestry.com. I know that I've seen him sign in the census papers in the late 1800s. Um, but, yeah, he had pastry shops, and then when he got really old, he cleaned, the guy was a workaholic. He used to drive a taxi cab from Manhattan to check a cab. But, uh, yeah, he's, and then, then my grandmother and grandfather, his daughter, my grandmother, who was born here, married my grandfather. She was 16. He was 18. He came here when he was 13, and he had a, a job working down the pier in Red Hook. He was a longshoreman. And, uh, you know, became a, a, an ILA union delegate. But what he used to do is my grandmother would make sandwiches and bring stuff from the bakery, and they put it in the trunk, and he would sell it at lunchtime. And he, you know, he was selling sandwiches for 50 cents out of the trunk of a oh, car. So the meatball heroes out the trunk. That's right. Potatoes and eggs, stuff like that. And they says, wow, there's a business in this, too, you know? So then they started opening up hero shops and back then. Heads down in Court Street. That's and right. Uh, down in Red Hook, they had on uh, they had on Van Brunt Street. They had Greg's. My grandfather had on Clinton Street. He had Bella's. You know, a couple other different names they had. They had Chubby Mary's on Court Street. So they got into. They went from the bakery into the sandwich shops, and then pizza, and then the and then the restaurant business. 
What would you say was the greatest lesson that you guys learned from your family and your family business that helped to contribute to your success in your own business? Uh, keep it small, keep it all. But, you know, now as we grow, I guess we're not so small as we were. But, you know, you know what my grandfather taught me is to feed people and get, you know, fulfillment out of it. You know, I mean, I, I still love to this, to this day when I watch somebody eat a slice of pizza and I can see their expression on their face. It's a great feeling. You know, it's, it's very rewarding. So. They always taught me to learn how to do every job and every position in the restaurant because you never know when you got to, you know, you be that utility guy or do, do make a pizza or make something in the back in the kitchen. So you got to learn how to do everything. They always taught me hands-on. You know, that was, my, uh, that was my college, you know. A few years ago, you guys put out a cookbook called Staten Italy. All family recipes? All family recipes and some of our own recipes, but... Family recipes, recipes of, you know, people that we grew up, excuse me, growing up in Staten Island, uh, you know, the people on your block, it was much like, you know, like Brooklyn and Manhattan. I mean, they were an extension of your family. So I grew up, some days I was eating in my, my friend Guy's house and my friend Jared's house or my friend Chris's house, the two different Chris's, Procaccio and Fossey, whoever was cooking, you know, that's like what our parents did. You feed my kids today, I'll feed yours tomorrow. Who's working late? You know, it was it was a great way to grow up. Uh, you know, I mean, there there really is no other place like you know, New York City. That's right. But uh, you know, a lot of the recipes are just homespun things, things that we grew up eating. And there's a great there's a great guide in there for when you go to the supermarket. Our favorite brands and great little know. stories with the recipes that we created. Yeah. yeah. So. What are among your favorite stories? Give me one really good story. Uh, growing up, uh, we me and cousin Fran went to Long Beach Island. In, uh, back in the day, and we spent some time together. There's a picture of us in the book, and uh, I forgot which which recipe is with that that picture. Jeez, uh, I don't remember which one comes to that yeah. picture. But uh, you know, I mean, they, they all they all have a, a great story behind them. Uh, what comes to mind quick? You know, I had this friend Mike D'Ambrosio, and his mother used to make this thing. She used to call it chicken alla Jenny, and it was basically a rollatini, and on the inside it was mushrooms, wine, and cheese, monster cheese. And she took it and she made it like a French toast. She rolled it in Wonder Bread, dropped it in a lot of egg, and fried it. So it had like a, uh, a shrimp toast effect, kind of. You know, and then she made this really rich, like, creamy gravy on top, the sauce on top. And his, his mom moved from Staten Island to a little town in Florida. And she opened this restaurant and she made all this weird, great stuff, you know. And when I went out there, I tasted it, and I almost fell on the floor because I never had nothing like that, you know? I was like, wow, you just you took shrimp toast. Huh? Yeah, you know, we were, like I said, I mean, I was, I was north of 400 pounds when I was 16. And, uh, you know, I mean, that's, that's one that comes to mind quick, you know? That's one of my favorite recipes. You see him now, he looks like a GQ model. Yeah, so what do you do? What's your secret now? I'm only saying it because it's true. Uh, you know what? You could, I, I could tell you all about it, you know? And when you reach out to me on Instagram, I'll tell you how to get skinny. What are family meals like today? What are the holidays like for you guys? You know, I, I, like I was saying to somebody before, we, we grew up thinking that, you know, our family traditions were normal, and everybody did it, you know? And as, you know, we, we started opening stores in Manhattan and meeting more people from other places, and they would come experience our holidays, friends and stuff, you know, they would say, you know, they'd look at the food and just scratch their head and be like, who the hell is going to eat all coming this? Here? Who we got coming here? It's, it's not normal. You know, Everybody it's, goes it's, home with a catering pan full of food. Exactly, and there's still four or five more catering pans that you know you can't even fit in the refrigerator. They're outside on the deck because it's still cold outside. 
But I don't know. You know, you probably gain a couple of pounds. You usually it. cook in two days in advance for Thanksgiving. Yeah. You know, you're trying everything. Big pots of sauce, you know, cutlets, fry everything, you know, uh, you name it. Tons of cheese, a lot of wine, you know, a lot of family, you know, a lot of friends, and yeah. just everybody's welcome, you know. So you guys have been essentially together your entire lives. Our whole entire life. Right. Our entire, you know how sick of me he must be? Forget about it. Every yeah. day he's got to ride in with me to the, over here. He knows you know? everything about me. I know everything about him. He can't hide nothing. You can complete each other's sentences. Say, What's wrong? What's the matter? Yeah, you know right away, huh? We could have a full-blown conversation and not say one word. It's truth, you know? I mean, literally, like, you know, we could, we could talk about something for a half hour and not even utter a word. So, but, you know, it's great. I mean, who else better to be in business with? You know, there's people that I love to be around, but I wouldn't open a, a lemon ice stand with them, you know? I wouldn't do anything with them. But if you could find somebody that you love spending time with and you could work and do something that you really love, I mean, we're the luckiest guys in the world. You mentioned a couple of the TV appearances that you've done. How many TV shows have you done now? Uh, we had two shows on Cooking Channel. One was called Pizza Cuz. One was Pizza Masses. We did that for about, I don't know, four years maybe. But, you know, we've been on Leno. We've been on Seth Meyers. We've been on Kimmel. We've been on Rachel Ray a dozen times. The Chew, uh, uh, you know, all the news stations and everything. You name it. We've been on, you know. We were on Globo. <laughs> We were, we, were on, we were on Globo. Uh, I guess they like us. I don't know why. What's that like for you? I would imagine you can get recognized on the streets of New York City. Well, I mean, you know, it's, 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 it's weird because, like, you know, in the beginning when we first had the show come out, we were so busy working and running the restaurants, we almost forgot that we did the show. And I'd be walking with Sal and I'd be like, Sal, what the hell is this guy looking at me for? You know, I forget. We're on television. Um, so, it, you know, it's, it's wild. It's, it's surreal. I mean, it's not that we're big celebrities or anything. We're not, you know. But still, I mean, when you go somewhere and you're, you know, 3,000 miles away on the West Coast yeah, and a guy comes up to you and he's like, hey, can I get a picture? You know, it's... it's, it's they watch every, cool. every episode and they know, they know everything, you know, that we do. So it's, it's kind of weird in a way, yeah. but it's cool. I mean, the, the, the show was really popular in Australia, of all places. And all these Australian, you know, tourists that come to the States, they come to New York... And they come in looking for us, you know. Yeah, there's another Australian guy in here looking for you, you know. But so that's kind really of out of, the, out of the norm for them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a little New York accent, yeah. In Australia, it's funny. So, what by far is your favorite meal? My favorite meal? She's. Uh, I love Chinese food, you know. Huh. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm a big Chinese Bruno's, food guy. Scongeli, some broccoli they have. He's doing uh, My Blue Heaven. That's from the movie My Blue Heaven. For those who don't know that movie. But, uh, you know, I mean, I, I, I'm a sucker for Chinese food. What's my favorite Italian food? Yeah, sure. Beans and macaroni I love. You know, real comfort food, peasant food. You know, my, my mother and his mother and my grandparents would make it with bacon, Oscar Mayer bacon. You got to burn the bacon. You got to sweat the onions to death. You know, beans, macaroni, grated cheese, the top. When, when you make a pot of that stuff on the top, you get the starch from the beans and the grease from the bacon and a little bit of the, the red from the tomato sauce. You dip a piece of Italian bread in that, you put some grated cheese on it, you could sell it at the Four Seasons for $100 as an appetizer. It's outrageous. It's delicious. I love seeing delicious. my mom in the kitchen frying Sicilian eggplant, yeah. but, you know, putting it on a nice Italian bread, a little yeah. sauce, a little basil. Leave the skin There's nothing on like it. it. Yeah. So you guys call it sauce. My family called it gravy. 
You must be from where you from, Jersey? The Bronx. Oh, you're from the Bronx. Well, the Bronx and North Jersey is, you know, it's the same thing, right? Um, but, you know, I, I know guys that call it gravy. I don't think there's a big deal, you know? I know, even though gravy's supposed to go on roast beef, you know, turkey. it's all right. And our family went on yeah, turkey. I call it, some people call it gravy. I, you know, whatever, to each his own, you know? Just don't call me late for dinner. <laughs> so what's next for you guys? You mentioned that you're opening a store on Staten Island. What else is coming down the pike? Uh, we got one opening in Hoboken, New Jersey. We got one opening in Connecticut and Newington. We got another one opening up in, in Oakland, in uh, California. Um, what else we got? We're swinging for the fences every day. That's right. It's exciting. It is. It is. How frequently do you add a new pizza to the menu? Not that frequently. You know, it's got to be an epiphany, and it's got to be something that's, like, delicious and just, you know, outrageous. But, uh, you know, we, we keep it simple, you know, very simple. You know, the continuity, doing the same thing all the time, it's, it's, it's a lot easier to, to, you know, keep the quality and keep the consistency, you know, for everybody. So. All right, guys, anything that you want to add that we didn't talk about? Um, I just want to tell everybody out there to come check us out. Yeah. Stay hungry, you know. Come to Artichoke, you know. Have a good time. Come to Bushwick. We do karaoke on Tuesdays. Right. Great time. I'm, I'm, I'm the, I'm the MC. That's right. All right, Francis. Thanks so much. My pleasure. Thanks. Thank you. Thank Sal, you. thank you. Thank you, buddy. Take care. Francis Garcia and Sal Basili are cousins and the owners of Artichoke Basili Pizza. More information at artichokepizza.com. And that's it for this week's Cityscape. I'm George Bodarki. Have an idea for an episode of Cityscape? Email me at gbodarki at wfuv.org. You can also subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. You'll find us under WFUV's Cityscape. Thanks so much for listening.